Welcome to the Las Vegas Idiom Podcast. I'm your host, Haiyan. I have a special guest on my couch today. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yes, I do. What's up, Las Vegas? This your boy, the Tiki Guy, Tropnetic. We love that. <laughs> <laughs> and do you want to go ahead and introduce your guest that you brought in the studio today? Yes, I brought my lovely fiance, Akira Eason. She's been rocking with me since I got here, so yeah, <laughs> I love you too, boo boo. <laughs> you guys are so fun and lovely. Appreciate it. Do you want to go ahead and share with uh, the audience here what what do you do, like um, as in your music genre, and explain your helmet? Sure. So um, where I want to start from, uh, I'm gonna say this right here. So Tropnetic. Tropnetic is a mass tiki DJ. So basically, imagine like your marshmallow or dead mouse, but with a tiki mask on. So that's going to be, that's really dope. And basically, Tropnetic, myself, we work on, I make basically Jungle Terror. So Jungle Terror is a genre of music that came out in like 2012 by this DJ named Wikiwiki. Wikiwiki, I think that's his name. Wiki. Wikiwiki. Sounds like wiki wiki. Yeah, wiki wiki. That's something like that. <laughs> I just took a guess. <laughs> <laughs> but he took the sound of what we would look at today as, you know, modern day EDM. And instead of using synthesizers and things like that, he would use animal sounds, jungle sounds. So I said, well, let me take it a little bit further and like modern it up. And so I started making more like trap, jungle terror dubstep jungle terror it's just a mixture of the genres you would think of but with that animal jungle element to it i love that and when you played for me today that was really entertaining i appreciate it appreciate it you were (laughs) on the move and wearing the helmet so when you took it off you were sweaty and hot and revved up and i was like wow what a show i could have kept going i can't wait to see you somewhere else where it's longer you know this set was only five minutes but (laughs) that was amazing i was very impressed appreciate it thank you thank you yeah Uh, now you were sharing with me earlier you have an event coming up on the 26th of this month right yes so the 26th of this month at the jackpot barn grill um it starts at 8 p.m the seven figure show so that's the that's the dj that's um headlining for that night but um yeah i'll be performing at 10 p.m it's gonna be a great night it's gonna be booty shaking everywhere i'm telling you like (laughs) people jumping up and down head banging it's just gonna be the whole nine yards you know and what uh genre will you be playing that night just because Today, you kind of did a whole bunch of mixture. So I am a multi-genre artist as well. So I do dab into top 40 as well, too. So if you come out to the show, expect Jungle Terror, a little bit of dubstep, some EDM trap. You know, we get a little bit of, a little, a little bit of everything, a little bit of hip-hop, everything. Everybody that's coming out is going to have a good time. Well, the main act that night, uh, the headliner, what does he play? Oh, uh, what would we say? Dubstep? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. I'll, I'll probably be there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Perfect. I love rhythm, though. Yes. Let me tell you. Hold up. Let me tell you this story. So, 
we went out to Denver uh, this past Christmas, and um, Denver was, they were really cool, but they were like zombies. What? Yes. I'm like. How so? So this is the base capital. Yes. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to play my style of music and get them going. They would not bat an eye. They're just looking, just staring at me. I'm like, okay. With all your energy on stage? I'm like, I'm like what is going on? So I said, you know what? Subtronics. Play it. Crowd goes crazy. I'm like, crowd, y'all are so wild. <laughs> huh. I, I wouldn't even know. And sometimes people just probably want to save their energy for the artists that they came to see, right? So I thought that was the case. But we had two shows that week. And even at the second show, everybody was still doing the same thing, just staring. I'm just like, even my friends, they all the other DJs that performed that night as well, too, they said, what is up with this crowd? Weird. <laughs> I'm just like, they're just staring at you like, waiting for the next drop. I'm like, no blinking, no movement, nothing. But Now, have you played in Texas before? No, not yet. Not yet. So I join a lot of these Facebook group pages. I'm looking for industry people that are from out of town so I can do my virtual podcast. Mm -hmm. And I find that people in Texas are so friendly. Many years ago, before my podcast, I joined a group in Miami and just to ask about maybe Ultra Miami. Mm -hmm. And they were not friendly. Really? Yeah, so I wonder if it has a lot to do with like certain culture in different states. Because I'm from Minnesota, and when you go to Minnesota, everyone talks to you. So I've heard. And so you can go to the gas station, and we'd be like, hi, how's your day? <laughs> and we'd be like, hi, Bill, how are you? Oh, my gosh, how's the kids? And so you know everyone. So coming here was different, too. Yeah. Yeah, but here it seems like the community was really accepting. Mm. Until you hit the top bear part where um, there's just not enough opportunity to break through for a lot of the artists. Yes. I do notice that yes. here. You you're really competing have to with so somebody. much. I, I, one, thing I've, one thing that I learned when I first came out here last year, I was like, you know what? You're not just competing with your local artists. You're competing with David Guetta. <laughs> Martin Garrix. <laughs> right? Uh, Tiesto. Tiesto. Like, like, and his free. And Beyonce. His show is free. Like, shit. <laughs> Jay Z. Like, all right. of these people. Jack that, Harlow. Jack Harlow. Like, like, these are free shows. So, you you have to really know somebody. Uh, when we first came out here and we set up shop out here in Vegas last year, we was kind of concerned about, you know, doing any shows out here because you don't. Vegas is the place you come to when you already then made it. This is the place you come to, and it's 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 really sad that we don't ha we don't hear a whole lot of artists coming from out of Vegas. So I'm from Atlanta, so we got artists coming out of Atlanta every single weekend. All day, you, do. you know. So yeah. it's it's really just open, and everybody is very open to you know work with you. you Got bring your A game in the ATL, but. You know, everybody's very open. They own the hustle mindset. So if you coming in trying to do that, then they're going to work with you. But out here, I see there's a lot of different little events happening, but it's just not enough to skyrocket that artist to the next level. So I'm just like, I don't, what do you do as an artist? You know, do you shake hands and kiss babies? 
you know, here or (laughs) over there, you know, so. It is hard. That's where my mission came from is that I wanted to create a business that I feel like I'm contributing to the community. And so even when I do my meetup and open decks, Mm -hmm. uh, it was not intentions to make anything from that, but to have like people come through and share their knowledge. So sometimes I have guest speakers. Just, uh, you know, it's like a place to network and tinker and and see what more you can do for yourself and the community. Right, right, yeah, right. Because if we don't work together and we don't try to build our community from the ground floor, we yes. are going to be le- leaving ourselves out because yes. the big strip of a monster, it's already right so big. Like we, we don't have that chance as the underground scene here, the local scene. You know, one thing I would tell any artist that's starting out in Vegas, what I think you should do or consider doing is instead of having like rapid shows every single week, okay, you should plan them out. You know, give yourself two to three months. You know, this way you can really just have all that time to market your song, get the right people back in it, get some endorsements if you can. And now when you have your show, Instead of 15 people coming out that all drink with you at the bar, now you can have, you can possibly get up to 500 your first show just showing up, but, or even more than that. You just got to really just think about it and strategize. And I don't think most artists today are really thinking about strategizing and coming up with a plan. Like, even if you win on TikTok once, I say, even if you win on TikTok once, you get a song that goes big. How will you be able to repeat this? You didn't leave any breadcrumbs for yourself or your team that you're going to get. So you just got to strategize, artists. That's true. That's true. Now, what made you guys decide to move out here? Better opportunities. Uh, So me and my friend Seven Figure, we are actually uh, coming together to put together a record label um, with a private investor. Um, but right now we're just getting everything together, building up that fan base, building up the community out here as we can with Vegas and just setting up shop as we can as well, too, to try to just go ahead and, you know, build us up so we can be able to bring on different artists and have value for them once they sign on to the label. But right now it's just, uh, you know, building the fan base, releasing music, releasing the music videos and, you know, performing. Yeah. I know Jackal owns the label. He does. He Have does. Have you talked to him about it? I actually, I haven't had a chance to talk to him about it. We actually are setting up a meeting, if not this week, I believe next week. Nice. I believe, I believe uh, not this week, then next week, because I know me and him have been talking a lot about working together and collabing. I'm like, man, the day that I met him at the party, I said, man, this the energy is right. It's perfect. <laughs> Yeah. And I was just like, man, this guy's really cool. I would love to work with him. Yeah, it seems like he's been doing it for so long, too. Yes. It looks like he's always on the move, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I From the little time I've known him, I would say about a month now, a month yeah. and a half. I've seen him do so many different things, and I'm just like, wow, this dude is on the move right now. He's <laughs> not playing around. <laughs> You know, that's one thing about Vegas is that I do notice that when I moved from Minnesota here, I used to own a chain of women's clothing stores. 
And um, moving here was like a slower pace for me from Minnesota. I don't know what it was mm-hmm. about it, but it, it made me really enjoy every moment. But then now when I'm doing my podcast and, you know, my media company, mm-hmm. time goes by so fast. I don't know if it's because it's in entertainment that I end up just every, like, call this person, go meet with this person, chat with this guest. This became so much things to do. Mm-hmm. While uh, before when I ran, like, uh, a chain of women's clothing store for almost 19 years, mm. or over 19 years. How was that? I raised my children and lived a really privileged life from it. And I loved it. It used to be a a $10 clothing store. Mm. So it's felt very much like serving the community mm-hmm. while I'm making money. So I'm a huge nonprofit community person. Okay. So that okay. worked really well and that aligned with my life and my missions. I'm glad to see that you're still, you know, going after it. I had a choice of continue having a successful clothing business Mm -hmm. that I started dreading. I wanted to create a job that I loved to go to. It used to be that for me until it was like 15 years in. Mm -hmm. And there were years when I worked every day. Oh, man. You you know what's crazy? So I just uh, started my business in government contracting and i'm literally now used to being one man team now i gotta have this huge team that i'm managing and it's just like it's crazy now it's crazy just you know having to look after so many people yeah (laughs) and they're grown humans and they can't get their shit right and then some of them hate their job it's like quit exactly please you go you go you they don't you're gonna fuck up the business for everybody else they don't quit (laughs) i went to the post office the other day and i was just thinking why are you guys working here if you hate you hate your job i was watching the 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 clerk and one of them asked another one for help and straight got an attitude. And I'm thinking, you you hate your coworker too. Like, you hate everybody. No wonder the term go, went, you know, going postal exists. I understand it's a privilege to even have a job. Yes. And I understand it's, it's a, even more of a privilege to have a job that you love. But just because you don't love something doesn't mean you make it hard on everybody else. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Know? Like, you come to work, you're sharing this environment with people. Yeah, all right. Totally right on that. So this label, this music label, how would it look like since you're setting it up right now? And- so we're still setting it up. Um, honestly, right now we're we're still in the pre-production phases of it. You know, coming up with different ideas, different routes, different strategies that we can run with. So we're not gonna try to rush it because we want to be able to again have something for those artists when they get here only thing they have to do is just get into the studio and start working but i have something else are you willing to share yes (laughs) so in my process of coming out here uh, i found that i had a cousin out here and he is the plug as they call it for the industry he knows any and everybody and he got me my new mentor his name is john doty and he is Michael Jackson's promoter of the Bad Album. So he's actually taking me under his wing. And we're actually 
you know, he's part of my team now. So now we're focusing on, you know, how can we get these songs not to just go, you know, local, you know, not statewide, not just nationally. We're talking about internationally now. So it's like, wow, like to have that added help to the team and with so much experience. And it's just crazy. It's just really crazy. You go into the studio, you see all these pictures of Michael Jackson, all these gold records that they have. And I'm like, I'm really working with the guy that helped put Michael Jackson on the map. Like, this is crazy. And he loves me. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best. That's the bonus, right? Gosh, that's so cool networking connection yeah you didn't even know you had this cousin that lives out here no so a uh, crazy story so my dad and his dad got separated at young ages my dad ended up in chicago and basically did not know he had a brother so many many years later my brother found out we had other family out in la and he started networking with them just contacting them and love holds my cousin hit me up and he was like, yo, Cuzzo, hey, man, I got a uh, picture. I didn't know who this guy in this military suit was all this time, but I think it's your dad. And I was like, yo, that's a picture <laughs> of my dad in the military. Like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> so I was man. like, this is this is really crazy. So I, I've really only known my cousin now for probably eight months. And uh, he's been he's been really nice. He's been, you know, really helpful in the Tropnetic brand and, you know, trying to just line people up to, uh, you know, really help this brand just really grow. That's really cool. Now, how long have you been having the brand? I had the brand for about three years now. Well, I say about four or five years now. Uh, so I can't, when I created the helmet, I was just like, man, I wanted to come up with a character that was different and unique. And that was unique to my style of music, which is Jungle Terror. And I said, originally I came up with a panda helmet, but in Atlanta, you'll learn real quick. <laughs> Every goddamn DJ in Atlanta got a damn panda helmet. <laughs> you got panda man, panda guy, panda girl, panda Little soup. panda. <laughs> so I was just like, nope, this is not going to work. So back to the drawing board. And I was just with my team and I said, man. We got to come up with this character that's just going to fit. And uh, I said, let me come up with this Tiki helmet. And I said, let's go with this Tiki helmet. And that was it. I said, this is it right here, guys. This is it. I started drawing the colors to it and everything and went to so many different mascot companies in Atlanta. And they all was like, yeah, we can't do it. Or this is impossible. You're going to die in the helmet. It's too hot. (laughs) You're crazy. It's impossible. I'm like, but you got people like Marshmallow with helmets on. Like, come on. Like, how how are they doing it? Yeah. Somebody has to help. So I found this company called All About Props. Uh, Unfortunately, they're not together no more. The company fell apart. But uh, they were an old studio company that worked in Hollywood making props. And they had all these crazy props in there from just past movies and stuff like that that they were auctioning away. And uh, they was like, yeah, we could take a crack at it. I was like, really? They was like, yeah. They sent me a picture of the helmet, but the the picture had the tongue out. And I was like, ooh, I I don't like the tongue sticking out. Y'all, it's a little too freaky for me. (laughs) 
I said, it's a little too freaky for me, but I was like, everything else except the tongue coming out, I, I'm cool with. And, uh, man, I still remember walking into the room. They had the helmet nice and polished up. And I put it on. And I said, fuck, I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> so now, I, I, at this time, I'm still early on in, as a DJ and everything. So I'm like, Okay, the only way I'm going to be able to make this happen is I'm going to have to practice for hours. So I practiced in that helmet for hours. I turned the, the heat on. I turned the heat on high. This way I can prepare myself for any, yes, any for type of environment. Struck. Right. <laughs> so I would DJ. I start off DJing, what, 15 minutes? <laughs> the dedication. Right. Pure I, dedication. I was, I was so, I mean, I was like, man, I really want this to work because soon as I sent pictures to the team, everybody knew it. They was like, yo, Tropnetic is going to be a hit. This is going to be the next big thing. And the cool thing about it is in Jungle Tears, not a whole lot of artists. If you look up right now, there hasn't been a Jungle Tear album in like since Wiki did it. Mm -hmm. So it's like this whole genre is untapped. But you hear these DJs playing it every single set. Every single set. I'm talking about big DJs. Skrillex has done has um, played Jungle Tear. Uh, Dylan Francis has played Jungle Tear. Um, uh, Major Lazer. Them guys have played Jungle Terror as well, too. So you got a lot of artists that is playing this, but they're not putting it on the mainstream. And that's what Tropnetic is going to be for, is looking at certain genres, I feel like it needs a face. It needs a new movement, you know? And we have a lot of genres in EDM. <laughs> we do. So many genres. I, will, I don't even know the number of genres we have now. I think the number goes up by three every year. Oh, don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, it's really nice to take something, you know, that most people may not be 100% familiar with and bring new life to it, you know, make you laugh, you know. And that's what Tropnetic can bring to everybody and has been bringing to everybody. I completely see you in Hawaii. Yes. At I, resorts. I was really nervous when uh, coming up with the helmet because I was, you know, how would the Polynesians feel about me, you know, you know, just wearing their their identities, their stories. And honestly, I've gotten a lot of good feedback. So especially when I when I moved out here, so many Polynesians will come to me and say, yo, thank you. Don't nobody really, you know, represent us like this. You got the shirt, you got yeah. the mask, and we really, you know, appreciate you doing that. And I said, you know what, I, you know, once I, once we start, you know, racking in, you, you talking about thousands of dollars and whatnot, I really want to start giving back uh, to the Polynesians for allowing me to adapt their culture into my brand. That sounds like a great idea. Yes. Have you reached out to any establishment in Hawaii? So I actually had a brand reach out to me, but they weren't from Hawaii, but they were in Florida, Destin, Florida. Uh, this company named the Tiki Bar. They said out of there nowhere they came. They showed up at my show. I had a show in 2021 down in Destin, Florida, and um, they showed up. And then I didn't even know they was in the crowd. And they hit me up the next day when we were heading to Tennessee for the uh, the next show. And they was like, "Hey man, we seen your performance last night. It was really dope. Uh, we would love to get you to come out there 
and DJ on the tiki bars. So cool thing is this here, the tiki bars, they're actual tiki bars, but they're on water. Yeah. They're like little boats. And I was like, yo, this is really dope. I would love to, you know, do this. So we're just waiting on them. We're waiting on them to see what they're going to say about, you know, us putting something together. Sometimes you have to reapproach them with your own idea and proposal. Yes, yes. And that gives it a better idea of like what you are capable of doing and what you're willing to do mm-hmm. and how you would do it. And you kind of lay it out for them. Have you went down to Golden Tiki at all? No, I, I've heard of. I said, man, it's so Golden many places. Golden Tiki, two blocks down. <laughs> okay, I, I was like, you know, I've heard of it before, and I was like, I think we should go there, guys. Like, we really need to go there. You need to go Google anything Tiki right now. Okay, Akira, write that down. Google anything Tiki right now. We we gonna we gonna do a tour. But think about it. There's not enough of you know anyone that does what you do. Yes. And you fit their brand. It, I do. I do. So you, but they don't know about you. Exactly. Until you reach out. The last two uh, meetup that I have had was at Evil Pie, which is next to Disco Pussy. Mm-hmm. And that's a pizza place. You know, Disco Pussy, yeah, right next yeah. door to the pizza sh- place. Yeah. So Evil Pie is owned by Golden Tiki. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yes. I did yes, not know that. Yes. But I don't know how it works there. So you would have to go and see. But you have the entire state of Hawaii. Yes. <laughs> so I I mean, you know, there's not many establishments here in Vegas, but you have a whole, whole state. state. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a lot of the hotel and resorts has weekends and evening activities to present for their guests Mm, okay we gotta make a trip to hawaii asap just give them a call when you tell them what they want to hear when you have what they want they'll call you back they sure will someone did for me today i left a message last uh friday a voicemail you know you call that number they don't pick up ever right and i left this message didn't even remember about it because i left how many messages that whole week right (laughs) And today I'm sitting getting my oil change and my phone rang. It's a 702 number. Let me let me just pick this up. I pick it up and it's a big mm. establishment. They're like, uh, they had the secretary call me. What? <laughs> they were like, uh, you left a message or the GM was interested in finding out what what are you talking? What what did you want? What the hell do you want? <laughs> Apparently, I said something, right? But what was really cool though is that I actually end up having a meeting already Mm. someone close to me hooked me up with a meeting with the right person with that company networking you gotta love it you put yourself out there it's a huge vulnerability i mean i don't even know if anybody even listened to this answering machine Mm. you know every time you call and you ask how can i get a hold of someone you know they send you an email you just email away they give you a phone number it's, it's, it's a numbers game you just do it yeah it's a numbers game like you got a, it's a book out, um, I think it's called the 10X, the 10X rule, whereas anything you do, you want to do it 10X time. So if you got to, you know, make 10 phone calls just to get one, do a hundred, do a hundred, you know, just to get 10 people now to, you know, be interested, you know? So it's, it's really just a numbers game. The more people you contact, the more opportunity you, you'll be exposed to. And then they also give you insight. One thing that I've learned is that 
when someone actually got on the phone and talked to you and turned you down, ask them why. Mm-hmm. And then you learn from that. You will have you have new experiences. You have new data to go with the next person. You know what not to do. And I realized that out of everyone I've reached out to, I've gotten a really good results on it. But it's nothing sealed yet. But mm-hmm. it's like a, a step further than ever before. And I'm thinking, maybe I am onto something with my podcast here. Yeah, I think honestly, your podcast, what I've heard so far, it's been really good. It's very professional, and it's kind of funny as well too. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I love to hear about people and their stories. Like yes. as a child, that was always something that I, I was always attracted to. I could sit for hours and ask just a random person all sorts of questions because I find everyone really interesting. And you know what? I think that's a real cool approach too. Like, it's I feel like that's the best way to like network with people is like figure out everything about them. Let them just talk about themselves. Most people want to talk about themselves anyway, you know. So <laughs> yeah. give it to them. Let yeah. them be able to talk to themselves, and they you know what they're gonna say. You know what? You're a really good listener. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I ever was known for that. I just, I, you know, I I started this podcast and. I do see myself doing this for a long time. So I actually encourage anyone, anyone who's listening and anyone who wants to do it, start yours so we can brainstorm off of each other and help each other out and learn from it, you know? Cause exactly. It's kind of lonely. Like I resort to Reddit with like podcast <laughs> group. I always encourage people just do it. A month ago, I didn't know how to use Audacity. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that I was supposed to speak in front of my mic like this. Really? <laughs> yeah, but you learn fast. Real fast. So quick question. So who's like editing your audio? Me. It sounds damn good. It sounds really good. You're lying. Is he lying? <laughs> I'm looking. <laughs> I know. Look, I'm, I work with music. You know, I'm in the studio mixing and mastering every single day. And I was like, this sounds really good. It it gets better. Like, I try to improve every time, but I am not a huge stickler on, let's say, if the content is good. Mm-hmm. I'm not really caring about the quality of once it's recorded, it's recorded. Right. These are all free program, Audacity. Yes. Yeah, and I, I don't want to learn anything harder. Right. And you know what? I think that's really cool that, you know, you made that decision because, you know, some people will tell you, Hey, you gotta get Pro Tools, or you gotta get yeah. FL, or 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 what's the other one? Ableton. You don't need all of that stuff. If it's very simple for you, right there, you know, use what you got. I mean, it's doing you pretty good so far. Yeah, and I I'm on my fifteenth episode, and yes. that's in what two and a half weeks. Okay. And so, you would think by the time I get to fiftieth, it better sound good, better than this, right? <laughs> So every every single one, I just try my best to improve. When I first started, which was like two, three weeks ago, mm-hmm. used to do a video recording. And so if my, the mic didn't work, I used the footage and put it on YouTube. But I figured now at this moment, good or bad is going out unless it's really bad. Like it's yeah, like I can't, right. you know, I can't really do anything with it. Then it won't go out. And then I would ask the guests to come back. 
you know one thing i'm gonna give you some cool advice here um so everybody's trying to put out really good professional quality music and that's cool and all but do something different maybe just be that can be your thing you know you, you don't said have it you don't have the best <laughs> quality that's unique and different and everybody's trying to be the same that's what make you unique for for right now you know like it's not the best of the best quality you know i mean what i've heard was pretty damn good but you know it, it if it's not to their quality or their standard doesn't mean that you can't you know still great get opportunities because you've had some really special people on your last couple of shows and you know I, I just having those people there being able to take the time out that shows something huge yeah. for somebody that quote unquote don't have the best quality not yet you know when it comes to like audio and you know you're really in like a very special position here in the city because a lot of i tell artists all the time you do not know the power you have if you got a podcaster or a blogger in your hands you know in, in your back pocket because they are the people that's leading, that's telling the streets about the industry in your city. Like, why the hell you don't want to go talk to them? Talk to them as artists. Come on, y'all. If y'all in the city, make sure y'all get on over here and talk. It's a mutual agreement. I'm going to push this back a little bit. But it's it's a mutual agreement, you know? And honestly, both need each other. Like you said, you know, like... I don't know how many people is going to be listening in on this right here, but now, however many people it is, is more people that didn't know Tropnetic. Yes, and think about this. This podcast is more than your social media. Yes. When you put a post up or a reel up, and then the next one comes, and then you're competing with how many other thousands of that for that attention. I'm the only EDM podcaster in Las Vegas. I mean, and then I have it all on my website, so and I'm searchable. Exactly. There's a lot of benefit. That's why I love media. Like, I love, I was showing your girlfriend that I love uh, magazines and newspapers, which I'm launching next year. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. What is the magazine um company going to be called? Uh, Las Vegas Edia Magazine. <laughs> okay. Dot com. Already okay. got the dot com. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another thing, guys. Please build a website. Build a website. It's more valuable than Instagram. Yes, it is. I can't stress it enough. You do not want to be on Instagram because it's happened to me before. Whereas you get locked out your account and you didn't build 20,000 fans and followers on that account. And you can't get in contact with them no more because you said or posted something that goes against their algorithm. So, you know, you don't have that problem with your own website. You know, honestly, I learned I learned this from a old book. I think it's called the music book or something like that. It's free, free audio version on YouTube. But the guy said, that's what you want to do. When you make your music video, you have your songs out, you release your, your pictures, all of that stuff. Backlink it to each other so you click on me you you click on my spotify it's gonna go straight to my instagram facebook twitter tiktok and then those actual those other social media links are being you know pushed back to the websites everything is just moving you gotta understand it's still the world wide web and a lot of people forget that everything is still connected it may be small but all of that stuff is gonna pick up and honestly that's how we got tropnetic 
to win uh, SEO optimization on Google. So you type in Tropnetic, only thing you're going to find is me. That's really nice. been good. <laughs> yeah, some of these artists, uh, big names, they don't even own their own website. They don't. I build my own website, so I was I needed some kind of content before, prior to this John Summit issue. I didn't even know, right? And so I went on. I, I thought that was his website. It's johnsummit.com. No, it's filled with viruses. Um, his is johnsummit.ca maybe or something like that. Yeah. And always good to check the .com before you pick your artist name. Yes. And Google it first. Like try to find something quite unique. You know, it's crazy you said that because uh, when we were in the process of building Tropnetic, uh, we came, we had a name problem. So we had the helmet, but we didn't have the name yet. And I went with names like Lagoon because I was like, oh, this would be perfect, Lagoon. And sure enough, there's an artist, uh, EDM DJ, somewhere in the world named Lagoon. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, well, how? what if I spelt it different? It spelt different that way as well, too. I was like, how? <laughs> So I can't, I was like, how am I going to make this name? And I said, the style that I have is tropical. It's very tropical and energetic or magnetic, as I called it. I said, all right, drop those other words, tropical or tropnetic, magnetic, tropnetic, mix them together, tropnetic. So the name just worked. And I'm like, everybody was just like, this is it. Now we have to go online. Go on Google and see how many people had this name. And lucky enough, the name is spelled incorrectly. So it it works. <laughs> it worked for it worked perfectly. Yeah. So when we get on Google at that time, it, it, nothing tropnetic. They said, I think Google gave me a error code stating that um what you're looking for don't exist or anything like that. So this is perfect. This is perfect. Yeah. So uh yes. Artists, make sure when you're choosing these artists' names, really do your research. You know, like one thing that helped me is I came up with my character based off of like a superhero. So I'm really big into like Marvel comics and DC comics, especially Stan Lee. Stan Lee has like been the guy for me for many years. I was more interested in his story more than Marvel. And one thing that he said is, you know, you when you're creating these characters, you got to think about these characters more than just the Superman. There's there's more depth to it. You know, like what if Superman had bills to pay? <laughs> you know, right, like, you, right. You, you, you got superpowers, but now you got to pay regular bills. Mm. What if he what if what if he what if he was getting kicked out of his apartment every yeah. single day? Well, they have that. It's called Spider-Man. The Fantastic Four. They deal with bills and their people in their houses want to kick them out the office every single week. So I said, you know, again, artists, this is what you want to do. Like, think about your character. Think about your your character. Your character is the artist that you are. How does this character look? How does this character dress? How does this character sound? How does this character style of music, you know, once you start going down this rabbit hole of different things that this character needs to have, now you will start to learn what audience do I need to tap into? Because even in the EDM community, you got two different audiences, you know, 18 and 24, you're going to probably be getting a lot of the bass heads in there, listening to dubstep and trap and everything heavy. 
But anything older than that, you might be getting more of your top 40 house music, you know. And you got to understand that there's a difference. And even when you're creating these characters or your your artist background, you've got to understand that to be able to connect it. Because as the artist, you are the leader of your community. Chopnetic is the leader of Jungle Tear right now. We're, we're claiming it, you know. We're claiming that. I feel like Tropnetic fits the description of what you would think when you think of Jungle Terror. Definitely. And, and I feel like it's the same thing. Look at Cardi B. Look what at her is fans. hers? What is hers? She does uh, rap. She does. Yeah, well, she, I know, but what is... Her thing is... Well, let's do it. Let's do an easy one. We can take someone like Beyonce, right? Mm. Beyonce, she stands for women empowerment. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Beyonce is going to give you that women empowerment. Like, yeah, girl, come on. We can take over this damn world. Let's do it, girl. Mm-hmm. You know, slay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Whereas you can take somebody like uh, Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, and their audience is a little bit different. Their audience is still about women empowerment, but mm-hmm. more of like, you know what, girl? We bad as fuck out here. We about to go crazy. It's our time to shine. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And we about to have a good time. I find that she's so relatable for people. It's very relatable because she is playing. She's that character. You have to yeah. be the leader. That's the it factor artist. If anybody ever tell you you got to have that it factor and you don't know what it is, it's really just understanding who you are as an individual. Know your limits. Okay, don't do nothing ethical, unethical, I would say. Um, But know your limits as an artist, but also be able to understand the audience that you're about to get into, that you're about to be the leader of. Because as a music artist, you have to be the leader in that community. That's the only way they're going to you're going to be having super fans, you know, making life decisions on if they want to, you know, spend money (laughs) on their family or come see your show. Yeah. Or name their baby after you. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've actually had that somebody tell me that they was like we we're gonna name our baby after you. <laughs> Tropnetic? Yes. <laughs> Come here, Tropical. I was like, that's that's Come so here. cool. And I was like, that's so cool. Thank that is you. really cool. <laughs> but uh yeah, honestly, artists, that's what y'all gotta do. Y'all have to just, you know, really just take a you know, take a second, listen to your music, you know, understand the character that you're creating. Because you can take somebody that makes top 40 music. Prime example, you can't take Taylor Swift and let her go do a song with uh who who's who's like the most grimiest rapper out right now. Sexy Red. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Even his name. I, I mean, don't know who he I, is, I, but me personally, I, mean... I think it would be kind of dope <laughs> now I'm thinking about because I'm I'm always thinking from a producer standpoint. I'm like, how would I be able to bridge the gap right there? But you know, those are two separate different audiences, you know, completely different audiences. And her fans are going to love Taylor Swift because she is providing something to those people that's already feeling the same way that she feels. But she's expressing herself, you know, like some of these artists, especially in the hip hop community, they specialize in saying and doing shit that most people can't say and do. You know, yes. some people want to just say you're broke as fuck, but you can't say that yeah. to somebody. <laughs> but as the artist, you can get away with saying some, some something crazy like that because 
it fits the description for your audience. It fits the description for your audience. And like, again, just artists, just take your time, build this character out and make this character believable. Don't do something. Don't be no gangster rapper if you ain't no gangster rapper. You go up to Chicago, man, L.A., man, it's going to be over with for you. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'm, don't do that. I know, right? Be smart. <laughs> and be honest to yourself. Right. Because when you're not getting the gigs and the audience and the fan base, it's because you clearly didn't know who you are as exactly. an artist. And, and How again, your brand is. Exactly. And again, your brand can change over time. It does evolve. But yeah. initially, you got to have those diehard fans and to be able to get that, you have to do something that they can believe in. Again, it's not about you as the artist all the time. It's about your fans. What do your fans want? What do they expect from you? If they're not expect, if they're, if you, if they're expecting, you know, anime guy, and you're giving them Spider-Man, God, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. So, you again, you have to understand that audience and understand where you fit in that. And, you know, how do you make yourself become that leader in that community? Thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge. Let's, oh, it's my, of course. It's my great, pleasure. Uh, time right now to go into the last question of the day. Let's go over it. Let's do it. <laughs> If you were an EDM superhero, what would your name be and what special powers would you have on stage or in the studio? Oh, I wish I could use your name, Trop, but sadly <laughs> not. Um, oh, I got it. I would be, oh man, I really want to go with Lagoon. <laughs> I lo- that was my second choice. And- oh! Lagoon. Lagoon. What's the superpower of so Lagoon? So obviously it has something to do with like water and stuff, but I like a water bender that like make you dance, make everybody dance, like go crazy <laughs> dancing. No, the power <laughs> I would have as Lagoon is make people dance like a wave. Like imagine their bodies okay. moving like a wave. <laughs> That'd be freaking crazy, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, that's a superpower. Yeah, yeah. Especially for someone who's really stiff like me. <laughs> Superhero lagoons come out. <laughs> oh, I love that. If you ever looked him up and reach out, can you imagine both of you guys collaborate, then come on stage and you know both what? When together? I, just... When I looked him up, I not to be like rude or disrespectful now like that, but I didn't really tell if he had uh you know big fan base or anything like that. I just seen the name Lagoon DJ Lagoon. I said, oh nope, not nope, can't do it. And another thing, too, artists, before I go, make sure. You have all of your social media links on each and every single platform because I'll be trying to look up artists. I don't know how many times I go on Spotify. I'm like, yo, this is a dope ass song. And then I'm like, let me go look up the artist, see if we can collab in nothing. (laughs) Some of them don't even put a little bio. They don't have anything. And when you try to look up that artist, I'm like, you know what? I must really like really want to collab with this artist for me to have to go over all of this stuff here. Like, but you look at these these record labels, or if you're trying to get on Spotify playlist, you don't have that luxury. They're gonna they don't they have hundreds of songs to cipher through. They're not about to just look at you if you if they can't get in contact with you. 
you just kicked yourself out, you know? So make sure you get, y'all get those social media links, y'all. Get it going already, guys. Sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. It's my pleasure. Thank you.